Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, November 9th, 2020, and today we are reading from the big book. We're in Bill's story, page 15, the first paragraph. My wife and I, and we'll just read that one paragraph. And today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Mary G., for the 12 traditions, Ilana P., and reading the text are Barbara P. and Penny C. and Craig F. is our backup. The reference number for Sunday, November 8, 2020, is 15,739. That's 15739. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Mary G. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, this is Mary G. Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Minnesota. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will and the power to carry that out. 12, Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me be of service. I pass. Thank you, Mary. Okay, Ilana P., um, will you please read the 12 traditions? Good morning. This is Ilana P. from Pittsburgh. The 12 traditions of OA. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. 
Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me serve. Thank you so much, Ilana. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately single <laughs> three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topics. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book and we're on page 15, the first paragraph, my wife and I, and we're reading that one paragraph, and I will ask Barbara P. to begin reading. Good morning, friends. Barbara P., recovered, not cured, compulsive overeater in Atlanta, Georgia. My wife and I abandoned ourselves with enthusiasm to the idea of helping other alcoholics to a solution of their problems. It was fortunate for my old business associates remained skeptical for a year and a half, a year and a half, during which I found little work. I was not too well at the time and was plagued by waves of self-pity and resentment. This sometimes drove me, um, this sometimes nearly drove me back to drink, but I soon found that when all up measures, sorry, when all other measures failed, work with another alcoholic would save the day. Many times I've gone to my old hospital in despair. On talking to a man there, I would be amazingly lifted up and set on my feet. It's a design for living that works in rough going. And uh, a lot in this paragraph, but I think the two, two or three things that really strike me, one is, you know, this is early recovery. And Bill's talking about for a year and a half, 
things remaining pretty rocky financially. There were financial issues, lots of self-pity. His health was an issue. Um, resentment and self-pity all threaded through that. And I don't know, I think I had this picture of, oh, recovering, recovered, whatever it is being like rainbows and unicorns. And that just wasn't it. It was like waking up from a coma, but there's a lot of physical therapy when you come out of a coma. So it was rough going. But he's giving us the solution also. What he found worked for him and what millions of addicts have found worked for them, work with another alcoholic would save the day. And it's, it is that simple. And he says, you know, he's he's gone to the hospital in despair uh, and then on talking to a man there, he'd be amazingly lifted up and set on his feet. You know, we say it's a selfless program, but truly, I this is about my recovery and me taking responsibility for it. Um, it is a design for living that really works in rough going. I mean, I think about even this week being a, or this past week being a particularly emotional week for a lot of people, lots of feelings all around. And... Um, you know, there's so many ways to work my program. And a lot of it involved, I, if I went to a meeting, I didn't just go to a meeting, but I took some numbers and called some of those folks to say, hey, how are you doing? I mean, it's amazing how that just gives me an effect similar to what food used to do. You know, I went to food for an effect when I was in self-pity or resentment. Well, now I can go to my fellows and try to be of help. And the reality is they help me. And that's that's the bottom line. So this, I love the last line. It's a design for living that works in rough going. And when I find myself saying, well, but I don't want to call anybody. I might be bothering them or something. I just have to get out of myself and realize, no, I'm trying to save my life. Bill said it in the paragraph before. Then faith would be dead indeed. You know, if I start eating, it's all gone. It's all over. So my reality is, yeah, this is a design for living that really works. And uh, I'm willing to practice that today, even when I don't want to. Thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Barbara P. Okay, so we're on page 15, that first paragraph only. And if you, uh, we, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day. So if you haven't... Katie yeah, G from Boston. Katie G. Sure, yes. Johanna. Kathy C. And Janice PM from Massachusetts. Okay. Boston. Yes, I got you. Okay, thank you. Um, Kathy C. Okay, great. Okay, I'm I got all the names, even though I wasn't done with my sentence. But I think everybody knows what I was going to say. Okay, so here's who I have. Charles H., Katie G., Craig F., Johan M., Janice P.M., and Kathy C. Did I miss anyone? Uh, I can take one more. Claire E. or Pat E.? Claire? Claire E. Thank you. Okay. Gloria K. Okay, let's stop there. So let's start with um, Charles H. followed by Katie G. Go ahead, Charles. Yeah, my bad, my bad for that. But uh, I think everybody knew what you were gonna say anyway. You said we, we say it uh, five times a week at least. Um, but um, right. so yeah, right, that part. So so 
pretty much um, Bill W., and I'm saying this with authority, Bill W. Um, was plagued by self-pity and resentment um, because the great 10 step that he wrote, they didn't practice that back in the day. He was saved by step 12. Um, he was way, he was plagued. Plagued is, 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 is he, was, he was afflicted. That's the disease. We hear this on the line all the time, the bill of, of human emotions. And, you know, I recently heard in a POC meeting, which was so powerful, anything above nutrition is emotion. We're plagued by emotions every single day. So, you know, he, he carried the message to save his life. This ain't about, this, it is about the sponsor, but if we dig deeper, it's really about the, the individual trying to carry, pass this message on because you can't, oxymoron for this moron here, Charles H., is, you can't keep it unless you give it away. So I'm on a train. I just want to shoot my shot, and I'm off this. Okay, thank you, Charles. Always good to hear from you. Now we'll have uh, Katie G followed by Craig F. Hey, Katie F. This is Katie G, recovered compulsive eater in Boston. Yeah, I mean, so I'm selfish, self-centered dishonest and afraid to the core, right? And if you don't think you're selfish because you don't think you're that great of a person, just consider this. How often do you think of yourself? That's self-centeredness. Like whether you're thinking, wow, I'm this really great person or not, that's self-centeredness. And for me, like when I have a problem, I want to go into a deserted barn and sit there and talk about it. And when I do 10 steps, if I don't feel good, and remember the point of the 10 step is to get closer to the emotion, so typically I feel worse. I, I want to talk about it. I want to call 10 other people. Can you help me with this 10 step? I just did a 10 step, but perhaps if I understand a different angle of this or, you know, it really wasn't the most effective 10 step. All I want to do is think about me, you know, me and my problems. And I am so blessed that this program is so smart and knows me so well that I am required, if I want to stay recovered, I am required to help others all the time. And I can tell you over and over again, what God keeps doing for me is ridiculous. Like my darkest past, and, I'm, and it's beyond the food. It's not just the food anymore. The darkest, hardest times that have, that have come into my life and changed and I've walked through, I don't, um, I don't, I'm not sad about them anymore, if that makes any sense. I don't, I'm, I'm grateful for them because now I can talk to other women who are going through that time. And for some reason, God has chosen me to share it with them. And man, is that amazing. Or even, you know, the last month, something that I went through, I'm talking to somebody about it and Oh my gosh, it's helping them, right? And, and you know, when sponsees thank me, I, I just say, please don't thank me. Like, you did me a favor. Relieve me of the bondage of me. Ta tell me about something about you because all I do is think about me and how I'm going to get my stuff taken care of. And today, thank God, as a recovered compulsive eater, like, I know that that the, the solution to all my problems is the opposite of me, right? It's death of self for successful living. It's, you know, how can I be of service? And um, I have to be careful, right? Like not to be like a service junkie and to be like, oh my God, I have a problem. Let me, you know, take on a million more sponsors because that's not the answer either, right? Like I can't use people. That's not my job. 
Um, however, I have to tell you, when you call me and you tell me what's going on, it is such a gift because God shows me, um, God then takes my problems and transforms them. So I'm just so grateful that I am recovered, but I'm never going to arrive. I have to continue. I have a mental disorder and I, I never will process reality, but with God, I can live one day at a time and be joyous about it. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie. Okay, Craig F., you're out, followed by Johan. Okay, great. This is Craig F., recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, of course, Friday, we did the, the, the uh, paragraph before, uh, which, is, which, which included um, the uh, most quotable line in the big book, in my opinion, the one that if you were going to pick one uh, line to memorize and, and have available uh, for, for yourself, it would be, if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials <coughs> and low spots ahead. And so now we have a paragraph that shows Bill having trials and low spots ahead over a period of, year, of a year and a half. And what's he telling us? He's telling us that the way he's getting through is uh, uh, perfecting and enlarging his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others. And, uh, you know, uh, he's, he's given us an example uh, of, of that, of how to get out of yourself, how, how to how to go work with somebody else when things aren't going well, how, how to, uh, you know, and we can all do that. Um, you know, we, we, we don't have to go to the hospital to find prospects. They, they wander around sometimes after the meetings uh, that we have, uh, you know, the, uh, the face-to-face meetings particularly. They, they'll call us sometimes. You can hear them online and call them. The, they're they're here the the uh, the the people that we probably need to focus on the most they're looking for they're they're there and they're looking for uh a kind ear uh they're looking for somebody that will listen to them and and talk to them and remind them that the way forward is work and self sacrifice for others and uh you know and, and prayer and and, and enlarging your spiritual life. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Craig. Okay. Um, next, we'll have Johan, followed by Janice PM. Hi. Good morning or good day. My name is Johan, and I'm calling in from Sweden. And I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you so much for service and for the share so far, and what a beautiful pair. And here Bill continues to talk about the importance of working with others. Um, when I uh, committed to the program in OA, uh, I worked through the steps very fast, and immediately after that, I started working with others, started sponsoring. And uh, I heard things like, uh, you need to be stable because I had very little abstinence time when I started to work with others. And I heard things like you need to be stable in your abstinence before you start to work with others. But my experience is that I 
would have never been, I would never have, have been stable in my abstinence if I had not started working with others. Uh, so that really, that, that's really what's saving me uh, every day, living in, living in step 10, 11 and 12 on a, on a daily basis and especially working with others. And uh, Bill talks about here um, emotions, like almost starting to drink on emotions. And I mean, I had a really emotional week last week where uh, we got our second child and uh, uh, just a few days after my father passed away. Uh, but the miracle in all this is that uh, I did not pick up the food. I have no thoughts about my trigger food, my alcoholic food. I have no thoughts about going to the store and buy cookies to ease, to, to get ease and comfort from that. Because I have a solution today. And the solution is in the big book, in the 12 steps, and in these meetings in A Vision for You. So I'm eternally grateful for this, uh, for this program, uh, good sponsorship with Inoway. And uh, that I get to 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 work with with others on a daily basis because that that is what's saving my life every day and one day at a time. And with that, I pause. Thank you. Thank you, Johan. Okay, Janice PM, you're up, followed by Kathy C. Well, thank you so much, Katie. Um, my name is Janice M, and I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. Here. Um, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. This this paragraph says it all of what the solution to our problem is um, and continues to keep me in the solution. And it states it over and over and over again. It, it's the solution when we, we get recovered that it's, I see work is mentioned three times in this paragraph. Well, what does that mean? What is work? Work is action. It's action for me, no matter if I'm ill, if somebody died, it's still the action of helping others. That's what this, this is my purpose. <clears throat> Pardon me. This is my job in life, no matter what. It's a design for living because that was my problem. Couldn't live on life's terms. A design for living that works and rough going. And from the day we get up in the morning to whatever, we're always going to be in rough going and we have to know how to handle it. And as a compulsive overeater today, I have a choice. I do not have to pick up the bite to solve anything to make me feel comfortable. The solution is here, is getting out of myself as it was mentioned because I'm a very selfish person. So now I have to become selfless and be grateful for the gifts that I got. Please, please time me, Katie, because I don't have a clock here. Um, and it is here, it says it all through the book. Working with others. Helping others is the solution to my problem, your problem. You know, this is pure fact, backed by experience, not only in this book, but everyone on this line that has been recovered knows no matter what, no matter what, it's my duty to help another compulsive overeater, whether I feel like it, whether I'm sick, whether I have to go to an attorney, whatever I have to do, I have to help. It's a must. And if you want a, if you want a shot 
for immunity against the uh, a certain disease, you go to the doctors and get a shot, you know, the flu or whatever. And this is my shot to, to immune myself. Page 89, it's a surety that if I want to stay well and I don't want to die and I have faith, I need to help somebody else. And I find that <laughs> the fact is I find it that that's the design. It's a promise. And it's an omen. If you don't do it, you're going to die. If you do Time, do please. it. Okay. Thank you so much, Katie. It is a design for living that works and rough going is a promise. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. PM. Okay, Kathy C., you're up, followed by Claire E. Good morning, everybody. My name is Kathy C. I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Montreal, Canada. Um, thank you for everyone doing service. Um, yeah, you know, um, what stood out, you know, I had to look again, what does self-pity mean? Um, it says self-pity is the opposite of self-esteem. It arises because you feel no one will lift you out of your difficulties. So we are told that this is the root, right, of our illness. It's not necessarily the food, although food causes us problems, right? That's one of the symptoms. But here the root is self-pity. So what will arise, what will help me arise out of my difficulties? And this is the solution, the design for living, which for us is really 10, 11, and 12, living in 10, 11, and 12, right? Because we are, are, are plagued with waves of self-pity and resentment, like, like plagued. Um, it's cause of continual trouble. Um, and again, in the dictionary, I have a note here. It's similar to being bedeviled, right? And where did we see this? Well, in our, you know, in our bedevilments, right? But, um, that is the nature of our alcoholism, right? We are, we are uh, you know, um, we come to see that we live in the bedevilment unless we are brought out with a higher power. Um, and then we are lifted. We're back on our feet, and then, you know, which is we are in life again. We are able to resume and to be free from that self-pity and the resentments of that in our heads. Um, you know, being aligned with a higher power, having God show us where we are to be of use and help, uh, that is the new design of living. Um, you know, helping others, not uh, like those self-help books. It's really I help myself when I help others. Um, and it works in rough going. Um, so I have to continue on with this solution here, right? Because my, my life depends on it now. This is how I live, right? Um, this is where I'm growing every day. Um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Kathy C. Okay, Claire E., you're up, followed by Gloria K., and then we'll open it up for more. Hi, everyone. My name's Claire E. I'm a recovered compulsive ASAP in Cornwall in the UK. Uh, thank you so much to, to everyone that makes the meeting happen. Um, yeah, I love this paragraph. Um, I really identify with Bill W. 
You know, I have, in times where I've been abstinent, had plagues of waves of self-pity and resentment. You know, this is talking about emotional sobriety here. And, you know, I've had long periods of recovery where I have not had emotional sobriety despite being abstinent. And, um, you know, I've heard it described as, you know, stark raving abstinence, you know, sort of um, just, just all of the isms, all of the self-centered stuff, but, but, but not using food, which is actually more painful to be honest, because I'm not even using my anaesthetic um, to, to, to sort of alleviate myself. And I really love that word plague, because that's how it feels when I'm in it. I just can't get it out of my head. I know that my resentments are not sensible. I know that my self-pity is not, you know, not helpful. And yet I cannot will it away. You know, it's like it talks about fear and resentment and all of these things it talks about in the big book that we cannot will away by ourselves. You know, self cannot overcome self. And that is my experience of it. However much I wish it away, however much I try and think my way out of it, it just doesn't work for me. And, you know, it's the same thing with this program over and over and over again. That is, I have to take actions that are seemingly completely unconnected with what I'm suffering from. You know, phoning somebody else, talking to a newcomer, talking to a sponsee, um, you know, doesn't seem connected with whatever I'm obsessing about. And yet that action of talking to someone else and that sort of heart to heart, um, sort of <laughs> the language of the heart identification, death, you know, trying to um, channel some sort of help and focus on someone else works for whatever I'm, resent whatever I'm obsessing about. It absolutely works every single time. And um, I don't know why that is, you know, it's, it's I, I mean, obviously it gets me out of myself. And I think the other thing is that often, you know, when I'm working with a, with a sponsee, I, I hear myself saying the very thing I need to be doing. You know, <laughs> so if I hear myself saying it, so I'm talking about the solution. And um, and the other thing I suppose that is that it often really reminds me of, of how it puts my own stuff into perspective. You know, when I'm talking to someone who's struggling, who's in the food, um, who's struggling with the early part of recovery, it just makes me back in touch with that gratitude that that's, that's something that's that's just not an issue for me today. Thank God I have food neutrality, you know, and it really puts my own stuff back into into perspective. So, you know, the programme, as always, does, I have, I love what's already been sort of said about, it gives me the same effect as I wanted from the food. It makes me feel amazingly lifted up and set back on my feet. It puts my problems in perspective. It, it um, and, and that's what I always wanted from the food, but the food didn't give me that. You know, the food did to me um, more damage than, than it did the effect for me. I hope that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, and the other thing I just wanted to say is, you know, Bill W on page 14, I was going to say, you know, he's, he's had this profound, you know, God comes to men, most men gradually, but his impact on me was sudden and profound. He's had this profound experience of God. Time, please. And yet, thank you, I'll wrap it up with this. Um, so he's still plagued with this stuff. So it just reminds me that however good my spiritual experience is, it's still dependent on my daily actions to keep that channel open. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Claire. Okay, Gloria Kay, it's your turn, and then we'll open it up again. Hi, Star One. Okay, there you are. Great. Hi, it's Gloria Kay in South Florida. Thank you very much, everyone. I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, for me, yes, resentments. I cannot afford resentments. If I get into resentment right away the food's going to come back so um right away i do a writing i do a 10 step with a fellow i help people i that's part of the work that i do um i, I mean i'm well, I'm, i 
do it professionally, uh, not necessarily with food addicts, but with just people that when I'm helping others, I'm just out of myself. I just don't pay any attention to myself. And uh, my favorite book is this book. Why? Because we have a design of living and it's here. So thank you all for being here. That's all I got. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Gloria. Okay. So if you just joined us in the last um, 20 minutes, we are on page 15. The first paragraph, my wife and I abandon ourselves. And although we value your experience, we still ask that you lend your shares to every third day. So who would like to jump in? This is Victoria L. I'd like to share. Victoria Jen. Linda D. Jen A. Linda D. Vasa. Vanita L. Jen A. Okay, I, I got you, Jen. Okay, I think I need to stop there. I have Victoria. Um, I didn't get your initial. Um, Nessa R, Linda D, Vasa O, Jen A. I think it's Vonica, oh, Bonnie, Bonnie T, I think, and Liz from the UK. And I think we may not have time for all of those. But I think it's Vanita L. Okay. Oh, Vanita. Okay, I thought I was... <laughs> Yeah, it's Lonnie K, not Bonnie. Okay, sorry. Vanita L. Okay, so go ahead, please, Victoria, followed by Nessa R. Hi, good morning, everyone. My name is Victoria L, as in Larry, and I'm from Muncie, Indiana. And I'm so super grateful for all the service everyone offers on this meeting and seeing perspectives from all over the world, but especially for this reading this morning. So I've struggled in and out of the food for almost nine years. And um, I have 53 days of abstinence today. And, you know, I have been feeling like something is wrong with me. I am riddled with the bedevilments. I'm reworking my steps with a sponsor. And, um, you know, they say a lot that this meeting, A Vision for You, is like a healthy OA meeting. And sometimes it's really hard for me because there's so many people on this line who share with amazing recovery that when I feel the way I do, it makes me feel like there's something wrong with me or that I'm not working my program right because I don't feel good. Like I hear people who share, you know, they're out of the food for four days and suddenly they're amazing and they get through their steps really quickly and they start sponsoring others and they feel good. And that's not my experience. Like I feel how Bill Bummy felt. And, um, and I know that I need to work with others and I'm in multiple recovery programs and I do do a lot of, um, and I have really good program in my other recovery programs, but this program is my core program, and it's starting to undo my recovery in my other programs because now that I don't have the food to anesthetize me, I understand fully the level of bedevilment that have riddled my life. And as good of recovery as I thought I've had in the other programs, I really haven't because I've been covering my emotions with food for so long, and so. You know, for better or worse, it makes me feel good to have a reminder that Bill W. suffered for a year and a half. And I'm not saying that's an excuse uh, or to co-sign any BS that will allow me to not work my program and God forbid I have to suffer for a year and a half. But it at least helps me understand that all paths to recovery are not the same. And some of us feel better sooner than others 
And when people share really honestly about where they're really at, even when they're in pain, I think that actually helps me more. And I realize now that even though that I'm not back on step 12 yet, that I can still call a newcomer or someone who has less time than me. And I can still find other ways to help others and be in service. And so um, I just want to thank everyone who shared so far. I thank the readers and all the people who deserve us to make this mine happen so early every morning. Thank you so much. I'll pass. Thank you, Victoria. And Nessa R., it's your turn, followed by Linda D. Thank you. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, this paragraph brings to mind to me t- uh, t- two things. Um, number one, um, I used to believe that program and recovery were a prescription for everything going my way and never, ever, ever again having any problems. Um, And it's actually not that at all. It's actually a prescription for the opposite, the prescription for what to do when things don't go my way and I have problems. Um, And that's what keeps me out of the food because, you know, even when uh, everything was going my way and I had little problems, I was still in the food. Um, The key thing here is how to handle how to handle life as it comes, and this is what the program um, gives me. You know, and in that year and a half that Bill was played by, by self-pity and resentment, he wasn't drinking. He wasn't drinking because he had a prescription for what to do when things um, didn't go his way and he had problems. And the other thing um, that this highlights is, you know, this God-given right of the pursuit of happiness. And for me, the question is, whose happiness am I pursuing? Um, in my own experience, uh, prior to recovery, my focus was um, the pursuit of my happiness. And sadly, um, that uh, many times uh, meant a detriment of somebody else's happiness because I was steamrolling, bulldozing through other people trying to impose my way. And they were unhappy, and I was unhappy. So, um, you know, like nothing really gets in the way of happiness like the like the uh, pursuit of happiness uh, you know in other words the pursuit of happiness is the biggest source of unhappiness but now that i'm focused on other people and how i can help them pursue their happiness how i can help make their lives um better now i'm truly happy now that i'm not pursuing my own happiness i'm really happy um and very content and does that mean that i everything is going my way and I have no problems, absolutely not. Like I said before, um, you know, life just doesn't happen, doesn't stop happening. Uh, what happens is now I have a design for living that teaches me, that shows me how to address issues when they come up, um, problems, etc. cetera. Uh, but this focus on other people to the point of self-sacrifice, and, you know, I mean, I can't, I'm not saying that I self-sacrifice a lot, but... But to the point of self-sacrifice, that means when it's inconvenient, when I don't have time, when I don't want to do it, that's when it's self-sacrifice, you know, and it, it helps me so much. It helps me more than it helps the people I'm helping um, in just ways that I cannot even enumerate. It is such a wonderful thing, you know, like I really recommend everybody to try it because it works. It works when nothing else does. And with that, I pass. Thank you. 
Thank you, Nessa. And Linda D., it's your turn, followed by Vasa O. Hi, everybody. It's Linda D. from Connecticut. I'm um, amazed by the shares today. I thank everyone, especially people in Europe and around the world. It's very comforting to have you, very. To me, um, I'm very close to seven years recovered. That's incredible. I was the one that was going to be hanging from the timber in my cellar, and I'm not joking. Even though that's ugly, I'm going to say it because this disease is deadly. It's not a country club addiction. Addiction is not a joke. I'm here because I'm desperate to get well. Thank God I was, I accident, not accidentally, I subconsciously completely dismantled my life. I did not know how to function. I think the thing that is so impressive on me today is this design for living that really works. It's messy. This is messy stuff. And someone uh, recently said, um, I don't feel so good. Guess what? I don't feel so good sometime either. There's nothing abnormal about that. I'm human. And the thing that I pursue because of all of you, because of this miraculous uh, 12-step program, particularly Visions, because it is super healthy, I treasure this. I am not self-centered. I am focused on God. And I was an atheist, so that's a tall order. And I'm not a fanatic. I'm a person that has experienced God, the big stuff and the little stuff. And the little stuff isn't little. And so to me, the reason why it works, helping others, which is very important, it comes naturally for me now. After a lot of practice, it was very, very awkward. I have nothing. How can I give something? Okay, I did it. I do it. I learn how to get out of fear and into love, which is God. That's my experience. So when I'm alone, I'm not in danger even in very hard times, because I'm listening. What do you want me to do next? Because this divine force is in me, it's in you. And just shut up, Linda, and do what you're told, whether you like it or not at the moment, and it'll all work back up into love, which is where I want to end up anyway. Because I love life now, and even when it's sucky, I love it. So thank you so much for being there, and I pass. Thank you, Linda. Okay, Basa O, you're up, followed by Jen A. Thank you. Thank you so much. I believe it's Katie. Basa, grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater calling from Port Charlotte, Florida. Thank you, everybody, for your service this morning, and I needed to hear what I needed to hear. It's good to be at the meeting. And um, I had an anniversary, October 25th. Uh, I don't count uh, hours, days, weeks, months, or years any longer. I am, I've been recovering it by the grace of my higher power all these years. And I don't get the credit. God gets the credit. And you get the credit for sharing your experiences and, and strength and to find this solution and for me to follow through. And I'm so grateful that I was given this big book many, many, many years ago. And, uh, you know, I did identify with Bill. I, don't, I wasn't a drinker. I was not hospitalized. I didn't do all those things that he did, 
but I did it in my own way, dealing my my addiction. And I'm so grateful to have found this the solution, and the solution is right here. And I've been looking for that solution out there in the world, doing everything, everything I heard of or read and doctors told me to do, and everything I failed, you know, with everything I did. It, must, it wasn't working. I just kept on picking up and putting down, picking up and putting down. And the solution is really here. It's uh, helping others. I never thought I had anything else to to give, you know, when it came to the food addiction, how could I when I didn't have when I didn't have it myself? But then gradually, little by little, my sponsor said, "You have to give it away." I thought I needed to be perfect, and I also thought I found a, a higher power in this program. Now I'm on, you know, I'm on his side, and I'm going to have a wonderful life. You know, I'm going to get all the protection and care. But uh, faith without the works is nothing. And I needed to learn to go out there and help others, like others were helping me. So, um, you know, um, Bill was newly abstinent, uh, sober, and he was still suffering emotionally and, and even physical prob- problems, even uh, uh, mentally. He was, he was depressed. He, had, he was struggling, struggling with depression. So uh, for me, I, I was always grateful to my higher power to find my abstinence, the, you know, to define it, the works for me, and then to deal with life and life's problems without going to my alcoholic foods. And life is not that easy. It was much more painful for me to go through the steps, especially step four or five, to just, you know, to deal with that stuff. And but I, my higher up power always gave me the help and the strength and the people that went before me. Time, I was please. Not, I'll wrap it up. I was not going to die if I didn't go back to my uh, alcoholic foods, and I haven't died. I have a better and more peaceful life in my life today than I ever had before. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Vasa. And congratulations on your anniversary in October. Um, and Jen A., it's your turn, followed by Vanita L. Good morning, Katie. Thanks so much for your service today. My name is Jen A., and I'm a recovered compulsive over. So great. <laughs> God, I can't even talk. I am just, my, I'm just, I'm shaking. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado today, and um, I thank God that he saved a girl like me and gave me a design for living that really works. Um, and, you know, when I came into this program, I worked the steps. I took action. Um, and t- today, you know, I'm, I'm living the steps and I'm doing, I'm doing the action, right? Um, and I abandoned myself with enthusiasm, not to just the idea of helping others, but actually helping other compulsive overeaters to a solution of their problems. And I'll never forget when that became, then when the light bulb went off in my head, that day that um, I sat in a meeting in Arvada, Colorado, and um, I read on the table, you know, the still suffering compulsive overeater, that's why we're here. And I thought, you know, that used to be me. I was the suffering girl in the room. And today I found freedom. And, um, you know, uh, I- I'll just say this, the-, the-, the word enthusiasm, it's a Greek word, um, and it means possessed by God, inspired. And as a result of doing these steps, there's something that came inside of me. 
It's the spirit. I was rocketed into the fourth dimension of existence. That's what it talks about. You can't describe that to a newcomer. And if you don't feel it today, just keep on keeping on. Keep taking the steps. Because when you get there and you feel it and you're in that dimension, there's no better way to live. That's why we're on this line, screaming from the rooftops with enthusiasm that there is a way out. There is a solution. You don't have to be in the food anymore that your selfish, self-seeking, and dishonest nature is going to start to slip away. At least that's been my experience, and I want to share that with others. So I get on this line, and I do that. And I think, is it odd or is it God? Because today my feet are sweating. I'm shaking like a leaf sitting here talking. Um, three years ago, I wrote in the, in the binder of my um, big book. This was my first share on the lines of a vision for you. See, I sat and I hid and I listened. I listened and I heard you people were recovered. And I knew that I was recovered too, but I didn't know how to say it, and I didn't know what more I could do. But I do know now by carrying this message to the still-suffering compulsive overeater one day at a time, I'm doing God's will for my life. And that's amazing. And you know what? I don't have time to think about myself when I'm sharing the joy and all the great things that come along with this program. I'm so grateful to God for saving a girl like me. I'll abandon myself every day to God and this program. It's so worth it. Join me on the broad highway to freedom. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Jan, and congratulations. We're so glad you're here. Okay, um, Vanita L., it's your, sorry. <laughs> okay. uh, Vanita L., it's your turn, and then we'll have time for Liz from the UK. Vanita L., recovered compulsive overeater from Georgia. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, this is a great paragraph, and I loved what someone said earlier, saying she is like comparing herself to, you know, other members of this program, and you know how she perceives, um, you know, maybe that they're like happy and joyous all the time. And you know, I've been in the program a long time, and um, you know, that's not my experience. I'm not happy joyous and free, like constantly. Life has its ups and downs, challenges get thrown at me. And the things that Bill talked about struggling with the first year and a half, I imagine he struggled with those things on and off if he's anything like me um, throughout his life. I don't know. But to me, healing is a spiral. And I keep coming around to similar issues sometimes but just on a different level. And just this weekend, I felt like I was like battling with the devil. I knew these thoughts I was having and that I was in a shame spiral going down in the other direction and that it wasn't, um, it wasn't true about me and it wasn't useful and I was making up stories, but I was caught in it. You know, so I reached out to help from um, other people. I ran past another member like, hey, look, this is a story I'm telling myself about what you're thinking about me. You know, is it true? You know, and she said no. And she said, hey, look, just, you know, feel free to call me up when you start doing this, you know. And that it's in itself was healing, um, you know, because I think we, I got damaged in relationships and I also heal in them. So, yeah, it's not all rainbows and, 
unicorns. But when this stuff happens, like I knew to say, God, I'm struggling with the devil. Please help me. I know this isn't true. And, um, and I knew to reach out to other people. And I knew to call people and think about them and ask how they were doing. So these are tools for living. And life, um, you know, it's always got its things and good things and other things that are going on to heal from. Thanks. Thank you, Vanita. Okay, Liz, um, Liz, it's your turn. Thank you. Hi, Liz E for Elegant from the UK. Thank you very much, everybody, for doing service and everybody for the amazing shares. Um, what did I get from this paragraph? I got a number of things. And the thing that really sticks out with me is that soon I found that when all other measures failed, work with an alcoholic would save the day. And I've been in OA nine or ten years, but I've only recently come into um, Vision for You. And studying this book and seeing it as a textbook um, is just such an amazing revelation to me. I am learning so much that I just didn't access before. And one of the things that felt the most counterintuitive thing to do was when I was feeling in a bad place, in a hole, in a bad, bad way, was to get out of my head and help another alcoholic or another compulsive overeater, as it is for me. And um, I just, I just thought that was just such a mad thing to do. It just seemed, how could that work? But what I do is I decide after I've done the step ten on a resentment or a fear, I go, is this a one? I I kind of weigh it in my hands, um, and is this a one, two, three, four, five? Sometimes a seven um, outreach call where I offer to help somebody and not talk about my problem that I've done on my step 10. And the miracle happens. I go to bed that night and I can put my head on the pillow and God has lifted it and God has worked his, you know, a miracle on me. And because I didn't know until recently so I would eat if I was happy, if I was sad, if I was excited, if um, I was thrilled, uh, if I was depressed, I was worried, I was sad, anything. And I thought I was a reasonably competent human being. So cannot encourage everybody to... So Sorry, that's wrong. I have found that my experience of helping other compulsive overeaters to be absolutely transformational piece of action that is transforming me day by day and working with other alcoholics including you know the my fellows and my amazing sponsor i learn all the time last week i learned so much and i got really stuck on a few issues and i'm just the scales are being lifted off my eyes daily. I'm available for sponsoring if anybody's interested. Liz E UK, I'm on the phone list. Thanks a million, everybody. Bye.
Thank you, Liz, and thank you everyone who shared this morning. It's now time to close our meeting, and um, thank you to everyone who helped uh, this morning. And the share ID, um, thank you for, and please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. And the share ID for today, Monday, November 9th, 7 a.m. meeting is 15,742. That's 15742. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Penny C. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, thank you, Katie. My name is Penny C. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from the Boston area. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until 